I'm still learning so much about this too. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I'm changing in different ways. So, you know, it's not like I know everything and I want to be mindful of, of other people's lifestyles and what they have access to. So I don't know. All right. So I know that was like an after the fact sort of thing, but I'm definitely going to use that in the intro. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. You do whatever you have to do. As long as I don't sound like an idiot, I think that's, I'll be good with that. everyone you are listening to the table a podcast by a whole bunch of millennial christians <laughs> my name is gloria i've been hosting this podcast for about two years now i think i started planning for it back in the fall of 2017 and then we jump started it up in 2018 so now we're mid 2020 so two and a half years wow that's kind of exciting actually <laughs> I wanted to create this podcast as a space to give us room to talk about the things that matter the most to us and to talk about the things that matter the most to the people around us and to the things that are relevant in our world today. So um, we have conversations about those things and we reflect on how our faith as Christians speak directly to those things. So for me, it's been such a beautiful experience to... um, This space has helped me realize how intertwined my faith is in everything that I speak, everything that I do, everything that I think about. So this podcast has helped me to see that my my faith and that my love for Jesus isn't separate from anything in my life. And when we're doing these recording sessions to just look around the room and to see people talking and to be making connections about the things that we're talking to God, it's, it's just a really beautiful and unique experience. So to be able to practice this with a community of my loved ones who I know or people who I've just met on the day of the recording session has been the greatest experience. So yeah, right now we're in a global pandemic. Um, we've been practicing social distancing for a little over two months now. I think mid-March is when this all started um, amping up here in the US. So we cannot meet in person to do those large group conversations that we usually do, just at a good measure with practicing social distancing. But like the rest of the world, <laughs> I've been using this time to sort of step back and to think about how we can use this space in the meantime. So what we're doing is this. <laughs> we're talking one-on-one with a handful of different people via video conferencing software. Thank you, Zoom. But (laughs) yeah, we're talking one-on-one with a handful of different people about the things that mean the most to them and the things that they're most passionate about. So today, I have the immense and beautiful pleasure of speaking with Camila Guimaraes. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm talking with Camila, one of my closest friends, and she is very passionate about sustainability and environmental justice. So we're going to delve into a conversation about that today. So hi, Camilla. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) How do you feel? How do you feel about this conversation we're about to have? (laughs) I feel like it's definitely necessary. I feel like it's also becoming more popular or at least more common. Mm -hmm. Um, There's definitely more people out there that are, are talking about this, which is great. So Mills, Camilla is Mills, by the way. (laughs) 
when did you first become interested in sustainability and environmental justice? Like, what did the beginnings of that journey look like to you? So I remember as a kid, um, I spent a lot of time playing outdoors with my siblings and my friends. And my dad would always take us hiking. Um, We saw him every other weekend. And so we would hike in all sorts of different state parks and places. And I didn't enjoy it at the time. As a preteen and teenager, I wanted to be doing (laughs) other things. But looking back on all that time that I spent outdoors, I feel like uh, an appreciation for nature was developing, whether I realized it or not. So I think part uh. of that, you know, stems from from those experiences. Um, and then also, in college, I took this class called Global Environmental Change, and it was sort of an introduction to sustainability and the environmental impacts that human that has happened between you know interaction uh human interaction and the earth Mm. and we watched the trailer to this documentary called albatross which is about the accumulation of plastic waste in different parts of the world especially on this one island that's 1300 miles away from the closest city and there's so much plastic on that island and Um, there's a species of birds called albatross. And so Mm -hmm. there's footage of a decaying bird on the ground with its bones and everything. And inside the bird are pieces of plastic that look, you know, almost in touch there. It's just wild. You see decaying bones, the matter of the bird, but the plastic is totally fine. And that those are pieces of plastic that the bird had consumed, you know? And so that sort of image like really rocked me because I was never aware of plastic waste and how far that travels and the impact that it has on animals to begin with. Mm -hmm. So that sort of class, you know, was a journey in exploring all of that. Mm -hmm. And it was really eye-opening And so the more I learned about sustainability and, you know, our impacts on the environment, the more I realized that I had to start changing the way I lived. So who are you (laughs) learning from? Where are you learning from? How are you growing in this sustainability journey? Yeah, I think after college, you lose that sort of environment to learn from professors and and from course material. So I find a lot of bloggers online. Um, and different people who are living a sort of sustainable lifestyle. And I learn from them and their experiences and the facts they present and the research they share. Um, and also from different organizations who promote environmental sustainability and environmental justice, like the Sierra Club um, and the Plastic Pollution Coalition. Those are different groups. Mm. So let's take it a step back for a little bit. What does sustainability mean to you? Like, what does it mean to live sustainably? I would say sustainability to me is about finding balance between meeting the needs of people without disrupting or harming the natural environment. Just a simple, basic (laughs) definition. Huh. That's really, that's really interesting. That's a really, I mean, I... Am not as involved in the sustainability movement as you are. So that is Mm -hmm. a really new and unique perspective for me, or like a very Mm -hmm. unique approach to the to the idea of sustainability. I think in my head, I've always sort of defined sustainability as 
just like living in a way that reduces waste, but I never thought of it in the sense of a balance between the two things that you just mentioned. What were those two things again? So you're meeting, you're trying to meet the needs of humans without harming the environment. Wow. I think when you say to like, for you, it was about reducing waste. For me, it was that in the beginning, but then the more you learn, the more you realize that it's not just about the natural environment. You know, humans live on the earth as well and we have needs and we need to exist. And so that's, that's the uh, struggle, you know, finding that balance mm. between serving ourselves, you know, while not destroying the environment. Wow, that's actually a really life changing. <laughs> I don't mean to be dramatic, but that was actually a really cool definition for me here. <laughs> so, practically, what does that look like for you? So, one of the first things that I started to change was were my uh, makeup products because I realized that all the products I was using had chemicals that were harmful to my body, and, and in turn, you know, they're in, they're harmful to the environment as well. So I switched everything out once I used them up, you know, because I didn't want to just throw them away and waste them. I used them up until they had no more product left in them. And then I replaced them with something that was non-toxic because it's really hard to find something that's also low waste. So in that sense, my well-being and my health and safety, I put that as a priority. Mm. But in other ways you know, like how I started using a reusable water bottle that reduces the impact and the waste that I create on the earth and helps me by saving money so I don't have to keep spending, keep buying water bottles. Mm. The point that you brought up about the need for balance with sustainability um, really, really changed the game in my head because I feel like a lot of the times when people are thinking about sustainability, it's exclusively outside of themselves. So it's very um, changing habits and changing behaviors exclusively for the sake of the environment and things around you. So we're not thinking about how, in one sense, it may help both of us, like the human and the environment to change a behavior. But um, Mm -hmm. oftentimes, or at least with me, I don't often think about um, how sometimes I may need to prioritize my own well-being but how to do that sustainably still. But like, yeah, I don't know. I never really thought about sustainability in the sense of including myself as part of this ecosystem that we're trying to care for and preserve. Yeah, I think that's a pretty valid misconception that a lot of people had. And that's something that I had to think about too at the start of this journey. Because for me, everything was about, okay, how am I reducing my waste and not using plastic so that I'm not throwing anything away? And it got to the point where I was, you know, justifying not spending a lot of money on something because it wasn't made of plastic, but it wasn't necessarily practical for me Mm. and for my budget, you know. And we also have to think about accessibility for other people, you know, because what I might be able to afford or the sort of lifestyle changes that I might be able to make may not be accessible to someone else. And so that's mm-hmm. not practical, you know, for me to be telling people that you should be doing what I'm doing because sustainability doesn't look the same for everyone. Ah. Do you have an easy time talking about sustainability with other people? And like, what do those conversations look like? I guess, you know, the conversations is not that they're necessarily easy because 
they can get very complex, mm-hmm. um, especially when you have when you're talking to someone with different views from yourself. I think the best way to do that is to know your audience, you know, know who you're talking to and how to talk to them to create a space for that discussion. You know, you don't just want to approach someone and just be like, hey, I started watching this documentary and this is what (laughs) you need to start doing in your life. You know, that's not how you talk to someone about anything. Um, And then to also do so in a loving and respectful way Mm. because you don't want, you know, any hate or anger to come out of it or to offend anyone, especially. Yeah. Do you see sustainability as something that's intertwined with your faith practice as a Christian? I've always thought so because God created the earth and everything in it. And he also cares for the animals and what, and his creation. And in creating humans, he's given us the responsibility to steward over all of his creation Mm. and a sustainable lifestyle invites us to do the same you know we're caring for the environment for the animals for the land and for each other Ah. you know it's all about our shared responsibility for each other and for our home no matter how temporary it may be Ah. if that makes sense are there any bible passages that you think of when you are thinking about how god has called us to care for like his creation yeah <laughs> sorry if that wasn't a very cohesive question <laughs> no. no I get what you're saying for me I've just always thought of you know the snippet love your neighbor mm. but when I look into that verse it's Matthew 37 to 39 cool can you read it for us <laughs> yes and so Jesus is responding to a question about what the greatest commandment in the lies. So verse 37, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And so when I think about those verses, it's really easy to think about how we can apply that to each other, you know, to other human beings. But then when you think about it, you take it one step further and apply it to the way you live on the earth and the environment. And I think part of loving God is caring for the environment. That's a way that we can honor him. And that in turn equates to, I guess, caring for each other when we care for the environment, because it's a shared space. It doesn't belong to any particular person. You can't love your neighbor by polluting the environment if that makes sense. You know, if you're littering or polluting the lake down the street from your house, you know, there's other people who live on that lake, other people who swim in it, there's fish who swim in it. And how can you love other people by damaging that? Yeah, I was talking to you and Dan recently. Dan is Mills' fiance. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I know. I can't believe it sometimes either. (laughs) But um, I was talking to the two of you and about sustainability of course and what i forgot who but one of you brought up the fact that sustainability and living sustainably is important because especially here in the u.s where we're um where we're generally more privileged and 
well off in certain situations, of course. The damage that we are causing the environment affects so many different places across the globe in ways that we aren't seeing directly on a day-to-day basis. So by treating the earth and like our environment poorly in like wasteful or harmful behavior, we are harming other people. (laughs) And I feel like that really harps on the point that you just made about love your neighbor. Like I never made that connection before. Yeah, exactly. And how can you love your neighbor when you're supporting brands that employ workers on an unlivable wage, you know, no matter how far they live from you, they're making your clothes and they can't even afford to support themselves. That's not a good way to love them, you know, whether you know them or not. And I really like what you said earlier about how your faith isn't separate from anything because over time I started to realize how connected sustainability is with my faith. Mm. Are you able to articulate any of those like ways? I mean, essentially in loving your neighbor. And also I I think a really powerful point you brought up was that stewardship aspect, how Mm. God has, even from from the start, we see it in the creation story. God um, created us and instructed us to steward the land, to care for the environment that he's placed us in. And of course, how many thousands of years later, it probably looks different <laughs> just by nature of the state of the world. But the the Bible, I believe at least, is living and active and still very relevant and I don't think that call for us to care for what God has created falls short of 2020. Like, I feel like it's still very relevant. Absolutely. Yeah. And in Genesis, when he gave humans dominion over the land, that equates to responsible stewardship. You know, in no way does he say to do whatever you want. We can't just abuse and take for granted what he's created because that wasn't his intention either. I'm always like, thank you, God, for, you know, your creation, because mm. everything we need to sustain us physically is on this planet. So we just we just passed an Earth Day. <laughs> I believe, was it the 50th anniversary of the first Earth Day? Yeah. Yeah. So that was April 22nd, I believe. So a yes. little less than a month ago. The narrative that I saw on like my feed and just like over the past years in general on Earth Day is a call, a call to action. So um, it's usually posts that are showing you ways that you can, um, little habits that you can switch up to live more sustainably and things along those lines, which is really cool because I do learn a lot and I do make a lot of changes based on things that I'm learning. But what was really cool, and I, I don't think I've told you this yet, but you posted um, a series of pictures just illustrating the awe that you have looking out at the world and realizing how beautiful and how vast it is. And looking at your post and reading that caption was very surreal and so awesome. And like the real sense of that word of awe for me, because it reminded me of the inherent beauty and awe that exists in the world that we already live in. And to just see how inherently beautiful and large and vast and expansive the world is was enough for me to be like, why shouldn't I want to care for this? Like, why shouldn't I care for this? Thank you for posting that because it inspired me to care for the world and to care for the earth in a way that I didn't before, you know? Usually it's usually my trigger and my impetus for wanting to change my lifestyle or change certain behaviors and habits 
is because I'm looking at damage and I'm looking at sort of negative aspects of the wasteful lifestyle that I've been living. But to be inspired and to be triggered in the same way to care for the earth by looking at the beauty that exists in the world and wanting to preserve that was a really cool sort of perspective. That's awesome. Yeah, I think when you're faced with the reality of our impact and a lot of the negatives, it can be really overwhelming, you know, for your mental health, because then you're like, how did we even get into this mess? You know, who could let this happen? Why do we still keep doing this? How can we change? And it's just, it's a big issue. And it spans so many different realms. You know, it's extremely complex. In the past, I would get easily overwhelmed with all of that and be upset. Anytime I saw someone using a plastic bag, I'm like, you don't need that bag like you can just carry the groceries yourself what the heck are you doing (laughs) or even with my mom you know she just buys certain things where I'm like you don't need that either like what are you doing spending (laughs) wasting your money like you could be supporting an ethical business and that's that's no way to think I definitely didn't want to dump those feelings on other people Mm -hmm. or try to guilt them into living differently and making changes because that's not effective either and so Another way, I guess, to encourage people to inspire them into making those changes and living sustainably is showing them, you know, how beautiful the earth is. And by developing an appreciation for your natural environment, because then you start to think about, wow, this is so beautiful. I don't want to hurt you. I should really care, you know? Ah. And that sentiment is really the basis of love, I feel like, (laughs) to look at someone or something and to acknowledge the value that inherently exists in them and to look at that and say, I don't want to hurt you. Like, I choose to care for you. I feel like that's a form of love. Yeah. Um, Loving your neighbor. Loving your neighbor. Full circle. All right, so let's talk about your community. Do you have people around you who share the same like drive or passion when it comes to the sustainability movement? I haven't met many people personally who share the same passion, I guess, but I do know different people who have adopted certain aspects of a sustainable lifestyle in ways that are practical to them. Yeah, I guess they've been doing things that are practical to them without even realizing or without even identifying as an environmental activist, I guess. Oh, that's very real. That's very real. Yeah. Like Dan's dad, who gardens every summer, and he has a huge, beautiful garden, and it's enough to sustain his family and produce for the season. And he even gives to other people. And he's being sustainable in a way. Oh, I want to... <laughs> I'm going to ask him if I can come see the garden. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. I want to help him so I can learn because I would love to have a garden like his. You have literally impacted my sustainability journey in (laughs) a whole bunch of ways. But I was going into this conversation, I was trying to like pinpoint the largest ways. I don't think I've told you this before, so this will be fun. (laughs) But the first and easiest way was, of course, um, my water bottle. I did not use a reusable water bottle before. 
But um, yeah, because we grew up not drinking from the tap just because it wasn't safe or healthy to do so where my parents grew up. So just culturally speaking, um, we didn't grow up drinking from the tap. So the next best thing in my head was those bottled water bottles from the grocery store or supermarket or whatever. But now, I mean, I'm fortunate right now that there's a filter at my parents' house where I'm staying. So (laughs) I can just fill up my water bottle with that. But even the fact that I have to think about filling it up or like think about washing it and bringing it places has made me realize that a big part for me, at least of living sustainably is being intentional, like being intentional and thinking ahead. So (laughs) that's definitely one thing I've learned. But I think the biggest thing for me, you brought up earlier about how one of your first switches was um, switching to like toxic free cosmetics and hygiene products and stuff like that. I haven't made the switch completely yet. I mean, like, other than the few things that I make, like lotion or hair things and stuff but (laughs) what's really cool is you brought up the fact that you finished the products you already had first and then you made the switch so this past year I've been working on just eliminating or finishing up the products that I have and I was looking at my basket of hygiene products today and I was just like wow (laughs) because it's cool to finish things and not let them go to waste. But I think what has been the coolest thing for me is seeing the few things that I have right now and realizing how much I didn't need in the first place, you know? (laughs) So yeah, I'm looking at my basket right now and just thinking about it. But I have learned a lot about how minimal my routine needs to be. I mean, it's already very minimal. But just the fact that I'm realizing how much I didn't need has been huge for me because I never took a step back to think about what I actually need to buy versus what I just want to buy to have, you know. So that has been very cool. Those are only a few of the ways, but I'll stop talking now. But I just want to thank you because everything that I've learned from you has, one, been very gentle like you're talking about knowing your audience. (laughs) Nothing has been off-putting. And um, even if it has felt uncomfortable, you've presented it in a very gentle and approachable way. So thank you for that. But also thank you for teaching me that in order to do this, you have to live intentionally. Like you have to think, you have to think about what you're doing. So even the past couple of weeks, since we've been stuck inside, I find myself stopping to think, okay, do you actually need to use this plastic spoon right now? Or do you just not want to wash a spoon? You know, (laughs) little things like that have helped me to think more intentionally about the things that I'm using and doing. But that intentionality in my like mini sustainability journey has overflowed into other areas of my life. Yeah. That's so (laughs) awesome. And you said all that so beautifully. I'm so glad. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Is there anything that you wish people would understand more about sustainability or like environmental justice? When you look at yourself as an individual, I think it's important to understand that you don't have to spend a lot of money or any money, even if you don't want to, to make changes that are more sustainable. You just have to be creative and use what you have. You know, it's all about, like you said, being intentional and thinking outside the box. Ooh, but that's a very cool thought that sustainability sort of just inspires creativity. I remember we were we were just being dumb and joking around, but <laughs> Price Bite was the first place I know because they've been doing this for years where you have to pay to use a plastic bag. So 
everyone always gets resourceful in there and just finds the cardboard boxes that they're just gonna recycle or throw away to use as bags. So we were joking about how Price Right is a pioneer in the sustainability movement. But <laughs> while, while that was funny, I also think it speaks to what you're saying about working with what you have and not feeling like you need to spend money for your like sustainability movement to be quote unquote right. Yeah, I like that you made that point. That definitely helps elaborate on what I was trying to say. <laughs> So Mills, you're looking at me and you're like, damn, Gloria's just really lazy and uninformed. What are some things that even I can do to like help the movement and to live more sustainably? Maybe you can start using a reusable water bottle or reusable utensils when you go out to eat as opposed to using plastic ones. Maybe you start shopping secondhand for your clothes. Maybe you start by reducing your meat consumption, whatever that looks like <laughs> for you, like meatless Mondays or just one meal out of the entire week, just one lunch out of the whole week. You can start composting, start a garden, support your local businesses. I would say if you don't know where to start or if you want some other suggestions, definitely do some research. Maybe ask your environmentally conscious friend for some tips. <laughs> But one of the most important things to do is to get informed. So to start learning about a topic that interests you, whether you read a book, watch documentaries, do some research online, start reading articles, however that looks like to you, so that you can start to make informed decisions. Mm. You take different aspects of your daily life and you think about how you're impacting the environment and ways that you can be more eco-friendly. Mm. I would also suggest reading those verses in Matthew 22 that I mentioned before. It's 37 through 39. Reading through the beginning of Genesis and also through some of the Psalms. Mm. Because in a lot of the Psalms, there are verses that talk about how the earth and all of its creatures belong to God. And mm. it's all good. And even the birds sing praise to God, you know. And so maybe you can read those for yourself and meditate on those verses, and maybe God will speak to you in some way. So, Camilla, for the people listening out there, do you have any final remarks, any parting words? Be patient with yourself and with others, because just like everything else in life, living sustainably is a journey. Mm. Change takes time. Camilla, you're so beautiful. Everything about you is just so beautiful. So thank you for allowing us to share in that beauty today. Thank you for informing us and for just taking some time to talk with us today. Thank you, Gloria, for creating the space to have this conversation and for having me. And for those of you still listening in, thank you for lending your attention and your ear. We appreciate you and we love you and stay safe out there. 